nearly four and a half million kids in this country have anxiety. It is so heartbreaking because it is not a feeling that we want our kids to experience. Go ahead, shake that jar of sprinkles and celebrate your role as a mom. I'm Stephanie Fleece. And I'm Michelle Fortin with City Mom Collective. And our hope is that this podcast brings a smile to your face, a skip to your step, and a sprinkle or two to your mundane. This is Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood, a podcast by City Mom Collective. Hey, welcome back to Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood, episode 84. Today, we're tackling a big topic, anxiety in kids. Yes, it is a huge topic, but after you listen to this episode, you'll have bite-sized ways to help your kids overcome overcome anxiety. Yeah. Um, It is Mental Health Awareness Month in May, Mm -hmm. and 7.1% of children age 3 to 17, which is approximately 4.4 million, Mm -hmm. have diagnosed anxiety, and that's according to the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC. Yeah. When children do not outgrow the fears and worries that are typical in young children, or when there are some so many fears and worries that they interfere with school, home, or play activities, the child may be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Yeah, and remember, anxiety comes in all different shapes and sizes. We've mm. got separation anxiety, which is being very afraid when away from parents. Phobias, mm. extreme fears about a specific thing or situation, such as dogs, insects, or going to the doctor. There's social anxiety, so being very afraid of school and other places where there are people. General anxiety, being very worried about the future and about bad things happening. Or panic disorder, having repeated episodes of sudden, unexpected, intense fear that comes with symptoms like heart pounding, having trouble breathing, feeling dizzy, shaky, or sweaty. So anxiety may present itself as fear or worry, but can also make children irritable and angry. Anxiety symptoms can also include trouble sleeping, as well as physical symptoms like fatigue, headaches, or stomach aches. Yeah, and of course, none of this is good for kids, obviously, Mm, right? So we want to help equip you moms to identify anxiety and know when to get help. So we reached out to a pretty incredible expert on this one. Yeah, his name's Dr. Larry Mittenall, and he is a child and adolescent psychiatrist whose specialties include ADHD and anxiety disorders. And we asked him to help us understand this issue. Hello, I'm Dr. Larry Mittenall from Wichita, Kansas. I'm a double board certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist and a father of five. And I'm excited to talk about helping kids face anxiety. Perhaps the most important thing to remember is that all children experience some anxiety or worry in their lives. Anxiety in children is something we parents can expect. In fact, it is normal at various times in development. For example, from eight months old through the preschool years, healthy youngsters may show distress at times of separation from their parents or other people with whom they are really, really close. Of course, many young children may have short-lived fears, right, such as fear of the dark, storms, animals, or fear of strangers. When those fears start to make our children's world smaller or take them from good activities, that's when we parents can really lean in. When their worlds get smaller and fears, worries take them away from activities. Okay, so as moms, that is what we need to look out for. Hmm. Because I know my kids have some small fears and worries, but not necessarily at the level that take them away from activities. So when it gets to that point, that's Mm -hmm. when we need to all the experts. And Dr. Mittenall has some great advice on that. So parents often ask, what can I do to help my child? 
Well, here are three steps to get you started. Number one, let's name the emotion. We can use words like anxiety or worry to help our kids to categorize their experiences. Remember that at nearly all stages, our kids are developing their emotional vocabulary, and they might not recognize that those tears, shouts, or tremulous sensations that they have um, actually have a name. So saying something like, that sounds like it scared you, or is that making you feel worried, can be a helpful first step to removing the sting. Naming it helps our kids recognize the signal their body is sending them. You parents will notice that cognition, from its Latin root meaning to know, is within the word recognize. And for kids, naming it can help them see the pattern and gain knowledge. That knowledge translates to power in mastering the emotion and helping them to overcome their fear. Okay, name the emotion. That is so helpful. I think sometimes mm. we take for granted how much our kids understand. <laughs> so yeah. helping them put a name to worry, stress, sadness, it's such a practical way to help them. Mm. Yeah, and you know, Michelle, I have to imagine that the numbers of kids that have anxiety have significantly increased over the past two years I'm as sure. they're navigating a sustained pandemic and so much unknown. Uh, it's just, I think that suggestion of naming the emotion and putting to words exactly what you're feeling is more important than ever before. Yeah, agreed. Well, let's hear Dr. Mittnall's next tip. The second part is we can normalize. Normalize the appropriate fears. And really, normalization just means taking the big feelings that seems almost too massive to think about and helping children recognize that these feelings can be okay and expected reactions to real life situations. For instance, you might use a phrase like, many people would have the same reaction, or that would have scared me too. That allows you, the parent, to sit alongside them and observe that this is a part of the human experience. Well, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but yeah. I do something similar with my kids, Steph. Um, when they have these big emotions that kind of seem to come out of nowhere, these big feelings, mm-hmm. I've dubbed them the weird but normals or mm-hmm. the WBNs. So oh. if my kids kind of have this swing of an emotion Hmm. Um, we put a name to it. I'll say, you know, that's you're feeling stressed or you're feeling worried. Um, but I say it's weird, but normal. It's a WBN. And it does help hmm. normalize um, the, beha- the the feeling and it helps them know that, hey, um, I don't like this. It came out of nowhere. It feels icky, but mm, it's normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't use WBN. I don't use the word weird, but normal. However, I think I'm going to have to take this. From- <laughs> take <laughs> <So> it. Thank you. <laughs> But yeah, no, I very often will tell the girls, you know, I know you feel X and that is totally normal. I would feel that way too, but yes. <laughs> sort of thing. So, yeah. Uh, all right. How many people love Dr. Mittenall already? We're um, going to. He's amazing. I wish yeah. he saw adults because I have some things I'd like to talk to. <laughs> well, we do have one last quick tip from him. And then lastly, we can reassure our kids that it's going to be okay. You can help your child understand with phrases like, I know that despite how you feel right now, we can figure out a way to be brave here. Reassurance helps them move beyond simply identifying the worry to a place of collaboration with you on working on the bite-sized ways to help them overcome it. So these are three steps, and they are really tremendous ways to help our kids feel victorious over feelings of worry and anxiety. Working on bite-sized ways to overcome anxiety. I love that. Mm -hmm, It makes a 
big problem feels so much easier to manage. I have to imagine for our kids too. Yeah. Like that common phrase, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. <laughs> One bite at a time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, it does. It does help this make this whole situation feel easier to manage. Mm-hmm. And you know mm-hmm. what? Our sister sites have some great info on this topic too, actually. Um, yeah. Steph, let's take a quick look at a post from Des Moines mom called helping your child manage anxiety. The writer here has a daughter diagnosed with anxiety and she has some tips on what's helped in her home. Yeah. So the writer suggests first to validate, validate, validate. Validation is saying, I hear you, I see you, and I get it. I'm here with you. Let's figure it out together. Validation and acknowledgement of how one is feeling is one of the most impactful things that we can do for our kids. Yep. Um, Next, she says, know when to gently challenge. She -hmm. says it's important to not eliminate all sources of anxiety as that can give the message that the kid can't handle it. Well, at the same time, you need to not minimize what they're feeling. So clearly that can be tricky. So she suggests taking each situation individually and figuring it out one step at a time. When appropriate, guide your child toward things you know challenge her and then celebrate when she overcomes a challenge or fear. Well, another tip from this mom is name it to tame it. So focusing on overall emotional development, like identifying feelings is extremely helpful which echoes what Dr. Mittenall said. This writer adds, one thing that also helped my daughter was to begin to identify how anxious feelings impact her physically too. Being able to practice and hone in on the body-mind connection is a useful skill for all ages. Sure is. And finally, therapy. (laughs) So (laughs) you may not live in Wichita, Kansas and be able to see the amazing Dr. Mittenall, but (laughs) there are therapists in your area who specialize in this. And it Mm -hmm. may be good for your kiddo to talk to someone and for you to find additional local resources. And your local City Mom Collective site will be Mm -hmm. a great place to start your search for local resources. Plus, we will link to the information that we included today in our show notes. And we do love what the writer from Des Moines says. As we teach our children to deal with big problems like anxiety, they will have breakthrough moments as they begin to grasp their emotions. And when they do that, we need to stop to celebrate those little victories. And don't forget to just add sprinkles. For show notes and more information on this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood, please visit momcollective.com. There you can find more information on our topic, our guest, and our host, Stephanie Fleece. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give a review wherever you listen to podcasts so we can keep encouraging moms to celebrate motherhood and just add sprinkles.